Well, it's recording now. What did you do? I have no idea. I, I played around with buttons. Should we just do it? Sure. And it, it can reach the machine up there? It, I'm just going to take it right off of here. Don't touch it. I'm going to touch it. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so they might go and anoint Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Mary, the mother of James, but wasn't that the name of one of Jesus' brothers? So that would make this Mary Jesus' mother, right? It is confusing. The little information that we have about these women shows them to be faithful disciples and beloved of the Lord. And their presence is so important that they were named in all four Gospels at the crucifixion and at the tomb. So we know that a group of women were witnesses to Jesus' execution who later went to prepare his body. A couple of them were high-ranking matrons, the wife of one of Herod's stewards. A steward to a king is about as powerful as you can get if you're not you yourself noble. And the wife of one of the high priests, what was she doing there? And his mother, and also perhaps an aunt, and Mary Magdalene, she shows up everywhere. And who goes to an execution? In times past, it was like a party, a treat, a thrilling event, a chance to turn the accused into a victim and the mob into the righteous. Ghoulish, I think. Sometimes an actual victim's mother would be there to seek revenge on the person who had hurt them so badly or insulted their way of life or blasphemed their God. 
But these women were there so that he would not be alone. The two that stand out are Jesus' mother and Mary Magdalene. Oh, how much this must have torn them and ripped their hearts out. How could they have stood it? But how could they leave him alone? This is the act of a suffering servant, as was Jesus. It was also an act of abiding fidelity, no matter the personal cost. And it was supposed to be the final act of love, anointing him, tenderly treating his body for burial, except he wasn't there. Death is sacred. Now, it's not something to be sought, but neither is it something to be ignored or denied. Despite the signs of death all around us and the environment, we're destroying the planet. We're killing everything we touch and the mass shootings and the gruesome fascination with fictional death. Oh, everything from murder mysteries to true life dramas. We don't want to face it in reality. And if we ignore it, we don't sanctify or honor the dead. You know, I've been with the dying most of my life. Uh, my grandmother and I used to read the um, uh, obituaries every day. And, you know, it was so much fun. Oh, look, that person died. He's only 65, such a young man. Uh, you know? and, and, and we looked to see who was the oldest, you know. And... I've stayed with the dying to the end, and I've done funerals and memorials as a chaplain. Too many to count. You know, if I was with somebody for a long time and their family asked me to, I could do a, a non-Eucharistic memorial. I even once did it in, in the um, parish in which I was a subdeacon there too, and on ordination track at the time with the rector's permission they needed that and I was the one they came to because I was the one who had been with their relative I still have a book of poetry they gave me as a thank you and that's all I wanted I didn't want to check I dressed my, the body of my mother-in-law before the coroner came I had to watch her die it wasn't a good death. She had been pretty clear she did not want resuscitation, but when she started to gasp and the death rattle was coming, she started to flail and yell and scream, get me to the hospital, get me to the hospital. Well, I couldn't do anything at that point. The EMTs wouldn't have gotten there before she died. And she died a couple of minutes later, but I had to stand with her and watch this. And it was really sad. Her cancer-ravaged body was not going to last, and we knew it. And I stayed with her till the end as she died. Then my late husband, Bill, I washed, I washed him, or Kaiser would let me, and covered him and zipped him up in his shroud. Mostly they washed him. In fact, I told my best friend, I, I held his hand. It was a tender moment. I said, 
He was so clean, and we both laughed because in his last years, hygiene was not a big thing for him. <laughs> but he was at peace, and I, I swear to God, he smiled. As he died, he looked so peaceful and rested and freed of all the pain and fear. His turned out to be a good death. I sat shiver for my grandpa. I arranged his funeral and Bill's funeral and my mother-in-law's funeral. Death is an old friend. How do I preach that it's okay? Because it's not okay for us. That the pain is, a, that the grief is a sign of, of love. The pain of grief is, is a blessing. It's all part of God's plan. Even for the faithful, how much faith does it take to make a good death? But dying follows Jesus' earthly journey. Without death, we don't share in resurrection. We don't share in the act of forgiveness and eternal life, an act which mocks and destroys death. But we, especially in the United States, have shielded ourselves from death. You know, the old Roman Catholics have it right, those who have wakes with a body and stories and food and whiskey. I remember one wake for a Jesuit priest who I was very close to, and we had a lovely wake. The first thing everybody said was they put him in tied shoes like a regular priest when all we'd ever seen him in was Bergenstocks, and we'd laugh over his body and tell stories and reach in and touch him gently. What those women came back to do after Jesus' death was the ultimate act of hospitality, of reverence for who he was and who he was to them. And they didn't know that he was indeed God. He would said that, but that was a hard thing to, to swallow, even for Mary, for whom that angelic visit must now have felt like a half-remembered dream. And these women who loved Jesus so much didn't know that all this wild talk about God raising him from the dead was true. That was also a big stumbling block. And that abrupt end in Mark is so strange. And unlike other gospel accounts, where the women report to the men and apostles who were hiding, even if they weren't believed, but running in fear, running away from the other disciples, their faith shattered, their community shattered, that is more than uncomfortable. I want to see them weeping and wailing in good Middle Eastern fashion, mourning, not running. Can we see a glimpse of our lives witnessing the crucifixion, resolving to bring myrrh to anoint his body, can we go further, deeper, and see every day of our lives in that day? Can we grow into Christ in hope, in holiness, so that each day we treat 
each other as if we will lose that other the very same day. Each encounter is precious in the eyes of God. Let it not be a moment of judgment or blame. Let it be a moment of kindness and love. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.